All right, I am Haggai Davis III, along with Haggai Davis II, and we'd like to welcome you to Tech Gumbo. Our show is a conversation about the past, present, and future of all things technology that we like to keep topical, interesting, and digestible. We want to thank our sponsor, Cardinal Capital, for making this possible. Cardinal Capital connects businesses to capital. It doesn't matter what business that you are in, Cardinal Capital has the resources all across the United States that are willing to help fund organizations of all sizes, life cycles, categories, and locations. Cardinal Capital works with you to craft the best commercial finance package for you to achieve your business goals. Whether you're looking to refinance current debt because of the new government programs and favorable interest rates, or finance new equipment, or maybe you're trying to acquire another business entirely, Cardinal Capital has the resources to make it happen. When lenders cannot do a loan, they seek out Cardinal Capital to help. The Cardinal Capital guys are easy to work with and fun to be around. Contact them today at 225-308-3700 or send them an email at info at cardinalcap.net and they'll be happy to help you with your commercial finance needs. So each week we take a listener question about a topic that the listener was interested in. They visited our website techgumbo.net and they posted the question. And this week's question is, Windows keeps asking me to upgrade to Windows 11. Should I? So when we first got this question, my joke response was just default no. But after digging around a little further, it looks like the answer is you actually could. That's right. It's been a year that Windows 11 has been out in full release, and Microsoft has gone through a lot of toe stubbing and patches and updates. And for those of you who remember the old Windows you know, service packs, well, we're kind of at Service Pack 2 now, so it's it's okay to go ahead and go to Windows 11. Windows 10 is still a very, very viable and working operating system. You know, Windows 11, it's starting to get to the point where it does small things better. That it is a little bit more secure. That, you know, whenever you have a lot going on, it's able to prioritize a little bit better. So you might see it a little faster. You might see it wake up a little bit faster. And so there's just all these like small things here and there, which none of them by themselves really jump out to me. But when you combine them all together, I'm less reticent than I was. I I don't know that I'm going to do it right away, but sometime within the next two or three months, as the more features start to come out, more patches start to come out. All right, um, I'll be on board soon. So Windows 11 and all the tests that have been done by various different groups, different organizations, not just Microsoft, it is faster as far as performance goes. Windows 11 still has some some quirks that still need to be ironed out. The start menu and taskbar, yeah, you can move that around to put it back like wherever you want it. They did, they did concede that to the users who were demanding that the start button be in the left corner where it's been since Windows 95. Yeah. Or really, even Windows 3.1 now that I think about it. You know, if you're also, if you're a person who uses Edge, Windows 11 is designed even more to work with Edge. If you're a person who uses Internet Explorer, they're pulling Windows Explorer out. You won't even be able to find it anymore. It's good for gaming. If you have multiple external monitors, it will remember what you had on your external monitors. I use a Microsoft Surface, and every time I detach and reattach 
well, what was on the external monitors, everything goes sliding over to just be on the laptop screen. Windows 11 will remember which programs you had open on the different monitors. Yeah, that's that's actually one wherever I also have the Surface. And so I, you know, I have a monitor at home, I have a monitor at the office. Sometimes I use it just as the screen by itself. Having that as an improvement, okay. That's one wherever I would use it on a daily basis. I would feel it on a daily basis. That starts to creep into my head about maybe this is worth giving a more serious look to. So the question becomes, number one, can you upgrade? Your computer has to be able to run the requirement of TPM 2.0. And there's different ways you can go into the into the open up a run box and and just type in tpm.msc and it'll tell you if you have tpm 2.0 there or not and if you don't then windows 11 is not going to work if your computer is less than three years old it should work just fine for you so the bottom line windows 11 is worth the upgrade for most people but if you're still really really happy with windows 10 there's nothing wrong with sticking around with Windows 10. Yeah, for at least another year, maybe two years. There will come a time where we start to more strongly recommend Windows 11. But for now, I'd say 55, 45. I agree. It's, it's, it's one of those things where I may get a wild hair over the next couple of weeks. Just go ahead and do it and, and see what it's like. I've yet to actually sit in front of a computer running Windows 11, so I, I can't tell you what the experiences are, are not like. I've been very happy with Windows 10 and haven't felt the need to not use Windows 10s. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm in the exact same boat. So we'll see. So to the listener, again, thank you very much. We'll be reaching out to you to get some shipping information so we can send you our Tech Gumbo mug, that big, beautiful 20-ounce mug with our logo on it. It is a beautiful thing. So the big story we wanted to talk about, the story that everyone's talking about because it just won't go away, and that's Elon Musk and his renewed offer to buy Twitter. Yeah. Whenever this story, whenever I saw this headline, I was genuinely surprised. Of all of the twists and turns for this story, most of them were pretty predictable. This one caught me off guard. Because the last time that we had brought this up, it seemed like Musk held a lot of cards. He was suing. He had the, the Twitter whistleblower who was apparently going to release some pretty damning information. And so it appeared that maybe Twitter had misrepresented themselves. And so, you know, maybe he did have a, a good shot at that case. But seemingly out of the blue, he reverses course and says, actually, you know what? I will return and I will Honor the initial agreements. The the fifty four twenty per share, forty four billion dollar total deal. I, I want it back. And Twitter has said, okay, we think we, that's what we want too. And so now it might go through. Who's to say anymore? Yeah, this is really really curious. Did somebody just kind of pull him aside and say, hey, Elon, buddy? You're going to lose in court or you're going to lose in the court of public opinion. Either way, you're going to lose. Maybe we should 
just go ahead and do this. Just, just, I, I mean, I don't know. I can't imagine what had to happen to where all of a sudden on a Tuesday, out of the blue, here comes a tweet. All right, I'm going to buy it now. I'm, the sale's back on. That's the explanation which connects the most dots so far. But even then, you have to think that someone was telling him this back in June. This is not new that you have to go through a deposition, that there has to be discovery of documents. These are like the basis of all cases. And if Musk said, oh, wait a minute, all of that stuff has to become public too? Oh, never mind. That is so mind-numbingly dumb. But it just looks like the most plausible explanation right now. I mean, was it just a whole team of lawyers that had to convince him you're going to lose? Oh, wow. I had a, a good week on the stock market. I got some extra cash now. I bet big on the Rams over the weekend so I can afford to finish off purchasing. Something internal happened. So somebody said, yeah, you, you you probably shouldn't have signed that document back in April the way you did. But since you did, you're you're on the hook. Now, the interesting thing is the trial. So the trial is currently slated for October 17th, which is a little less than two weeks away. So the question is, does the trial still happen at all? Well, Twitter has said that, hey, you know what? If you do go through and you actually buy the deal, because Musk has said that he would drop the case. If Twitter also agrees to this whole process, the case goes away. And so, you know, we talked about how this whole the, the bombshell well, whistleblower who testified for Congress and how this is going to have an impact on this deal. And does all that momentum dry up? Because if it was all about how Twitter was being run, well, if Musk takes it over, then that whole thing, all the, the momentum falls off. And so it just, it was a huge story, which seemed like a huge story at the time. Events change, and now we're back to just Musk doing Musk things. So he has sent a letter to, to the Twitter board saying, I'm ready to go through with the purchase. The Twitter board has accepted this letter, and they are moving forward as if Wednesday, October 12th. They're going to sign and exchange money and business cards and shake hands and call it a day. Yeah, this is it's just so baffling because if, if this ends up happening and it all they buy it at the original price, then why did we go through this whole extra four or five months of this fighting back and forth in public that was pretty stupid the whole time? It was was it just an ego show that Musk had to had to bump his head all, all the times, had to step in all those rakes until he said, you know what, I'm going to stop stepping on rakes and good for him for coming to that conclusion. But he could have just not stepped on the first one. This was available to him in the first place. Really? He should have just if he would just want to go through and bought it, he could have fixed the whole company by now because he's got that magic touch. He can just click his fingers and he'll have it fixed by Christmas, I'm sure. Right. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, as far as what exactly he's actually going to do with it, 
it's who's to say who's to jump into the brain of Elon Musk and really be able to pull that information out. Yeah. A lot of people have speculated on it for months now. There have been he's hinted at different things, shaded in different directions. As far as what actually gets done, impossible to say. But we will cover this as it continues to develop. So moving along in the social media theme that we're on at the moment, be real is a new social media platform that's really taken off. So I actually, I'm, I'm a user of Be Real. I've been on it for probably two or three months now, and I'm genuinely enjoying it. For those, for those of you who don't know, the way that the app works is that once per day, somewhere between roughly 9 a.m. and 9 p.m., it sends you a notification that says Be Real. And then you take a picture, and it's the front camera, and it's the back camera, and then you upload it with a caption, and that's it. And you have your friends, and you can see what they're doing. And then at the end of the day, it all disappears. You still get to see your history, but you can't go back and see other people's histories. And so this is a, a really simple design, but it does a lot of things really well. The first one is that because the notification is random throughout the day, it really kind of circumvents a lot of that Instagram phoniness. So much of the things that people talk about the problems with Instagram are that you have that artificiality to it. But because this be real, you know, whenever you post a picture, it has, did you post it on time or did you post it late? And so it gives this, this soft nudge. Hey, this really is supposed to be about what are you doing in that moment? And so a lot of times whenever I'm scrolling through and looking at what my friends are doing, they're like, oh, hey, you know, here I'm like walking around the neighborhood or, you know, I'm sitting on the subway or, you know, I'm at the office typing on the keyboard. And yeah, that's mundane. That's boring. But that's what my friends are actually doing. That's what their life is actually like. And that's way more is real. They are being real in that moment. Another por portion of it is that because you can only post one picture per day and that I'm only following my friends, there's not this infinite scroll. It's not like Instagram, which is designed to sit there and just feed you more and more content or Twitter or YouTube or whatever. It's designed to feed you more and more content. Once I see my 10 friends pictures for the day and I leave a comment or two, I'm done. I don't need to go back and dump hours into it at a time. It's, you know, five minutes here, five minutes there, and I'm satisfied. And so all of these features lend it to a much healthier user experience. And because it has taken off the way it has, it has garnered the attention. Even TikTok has gone out and created their own little version, TikTok Now. It gives the users a daily prompt to share an impromptu photo or a short video using the phone's both cameras and the, the instagram is they're trying to do their own little thing called ig candid challenges and snapchat has tried to do its own version of a dual camera thing so because be real jumped out there and had something clever something original everybody has now come out with their own little their own version of be real and it's just going to be interesting. Will Be Real be able to withstand the onslaught of the big giants trying to copy it? 
yeah, you know, we can see uh, this exact same thing happened several years ago. Whenever Snapchat first released the Snapchat story, that was a huge thing at the time. And then Instagram copied it. And the question was, oh, you know, and then Instagram added the direct messaging, added the disappearing videos and whatever. There was the question of, okay, is Snapchat strong enough to survive on its own? And it has. Snapchat definitely still exists. And that's the question. Has Be Real built its foundation strong enough or is it going to be cannibalized by all these other copycats? Then you start looking at things like like you mentioned Instagram and how they keep stumbling. They keep trying to stay alive, but they keep making big mistakes. They tried to Instagram tried to copy TikTok and it's a different type of platform. And the, the Instagram users really didn't like Instagram trying to become TikTok. You had a lot of these really big time influencers start posting really strong messages back to the, the folks at Instagram to quit trying to make this into TikTok and leave Instagram alone. And so you got an Instagram waffling all over the, they can't figure out what they are or what they're not. It's just a really weird time to watch what's going on in social media. You know, you pointed out that Instagram has their Instagram reels and that's supposed to be their answer to the TikTok videos. And so, uh, you know, you mentioned that a lot of creators will post videos to multiple platforms and that they'll say that a video which gets them a million views on TikTok might get them 100,000 on Instagram. And so why am I going to post a video to Instagram if I'm going to get one-tenth of the views? Then you have the, the people who are using the platform who say, I don't come to Instagram to see you know, all that mindless stuff. I come to Instagram to see pictures of my friends and see their updates. And so as I just got the notification from Be Real to Be Real in the moment. It'll have to wait until after Tech Gumbo. Um, and so, you know, there there is that portion of the app wherever it is okay to post late on it. But that's the genuineness of it. And Instagram has this reputation now that it's built of it's just trying to cobble together from here it's trying to cobble together from there and they haven't really innovated in a long time and the platform is struggling and that's so much of it is that you had the original idea and it's it's lost that and once you no longer are what you started with what are you and if you remember back at the beginning of the year one of my predictions was that Instagram wouldn't make it through the end of this year. Well, it looks like they will. I was wrong on that one, but I don't know if I was wrong by much. I Instagram still is profitable as a company. They're still making lots of money. They're, they're not going to disappear anytime soon, but my guess is that they become less relevant. Their numbers are down. And so at some yeah. point, even if you only made $5 billion instead of $10 billion, that's not the worst thing ever. No, it's not. And it's just a really interesting time to watch what's going on with all these social media giants from Elon Musk and Twitter through the Be Real and TikTok and Instagram. And just know that we're going to keep analyzing what goes on and we're going to give you our opinions as best we can.
And we want to thank General Informatics for sponsoring our show. General Informatics is an information technology firm with a mission. And that mission is to make our clients even more successful through the best use of technology. Based in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, General Informatics is a premier IT managed services provider delivering exceptional managed IT solutions to a diverse base of customers from Texas to the Carolinas. From the beginning, we have maintained our commitment to meeting the growing needs of our clients through the continuous use of innovation. With over 20 years of experience and a team of 120 plus employees, including technicians, engineers, programmers, and designers, GI has evolved to become the leading IT partner of businesses, schools, and government agencies. Our managed services teams can run your digital infrastructure or support your team on an on-demand basis, letting you focus on your business's strength. This has become a proven formula, so proven that 98% of our clients continue to do business with us year after year. Whether you need new IT services, new technology, or you just have a question, visit us on the web at geninf.com. And if you enjoyed our show today, we're here on Talk 107.3 FM every Saturday at 4, and the show will rerun Sunday at 4. If you missed any part of our show or you would like to hear any of the previous episodes, check out our podcast, which is available on most every platform, including Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, TuneIn, Stitcher, Podcast Attic, Overcast, Player FM, and more. And when you're there, be sure to subscribe so you'll be notified every time a new episode is posted. If you like our show, if you have some suggestions or want to submit a question, let us know by visiting our website, techgumbo.net. Thank you for listening to Tech Gumbo.